Dubby. You're listening to your student radio station. Get involved at phantom-media.co.uk. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. If you're 2 1 up with 10 minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Hello and welcome to Phantom Radio Sports Show. It's me Alfie and him, Kieran Morrison, and we'll be talking soon about Troy Deeney because he taught the talk but he could not walk the walk. We want to know what's the greatest own goal of all time and plus a special guest joins us to talk all things Ipswich Town. All that and more coming up after this. Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. I prefer really not to, um, not to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. Hello and welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. With me, Alfie Dickin, and him, Kieran Morrison. How's it going this week, Kieran? You're going, having a good day. Oh, I am, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's going well. Uh, yeah, good week, good weekend. I was in Plymouth as well, so it's been, it's been excellent. Yeah, you've seen Peter Reid this week. Yeah, saw well, Peter Reid on Friday night. Was it? Yeah, at Plymouth Argyle Football Club. He's there for a, a sportsman's dinner, just uh, you know, giving a few stories, uh, answering some questions, having a picture with me as well. Yeah. You also didn't understand the cheer up Peter Reid no. thing, apparently. Two people told me that. No, and no it idea. It went straight over your head. Oh, well, fair enough. I just thought it because he's a miserable old bug or something. I, I didn't. <laughs> no, I don't think he's that bad, <laughs> is he, to be fair? I thought he was, he was good on Friday night, yeah. So it's the uh, Phantom Radio Sports Show, and uh, we join you in a week where Ron DeSantis announced he was stepping back from running as Republican candidate in the primaries in the USA, and he went and endorsed Donald Trump. He was way ahead in the polls when he officially uh, originally announced he was going to be running. So we want to know, what is your favourite own goal of all time? A tenuous link, but we've got to be uh, we've got to be topical. <laughs> got to be creative, show. exactly. We want to be topical on this show, uh, and so therefore, yes, on uh, Instagram we have asked, what's your favourite own goal of all time? You can get in touch with the show on X or Twitter at Sport on Phantom. Or on Instagram at Phantom Sports Show and let us know what your favourite own goal of all time is. Uh, you've had some time to ponder this. What what are you uh, going for? Well, when you first mentioned it in our uh, preparation meeting that we always have, uh, I mentioned um, Vincent Company against Fulham a few years back in the Premier League, just how it loops over Joe Hart's head and just goes into the corner of the net. It's absolute stunning finish. Um, I can't think of any great own goals that I've seen live I'm still going through my head but that's quite a lot of games for me it's the greatest sequence of uh, own goals uh, and as a Stoke fan I can't, I'm sorry I can't ignore it I'd be accused of bias if I ignored the fact that Jonathan Walters scored two own goals in one game and also missed a penalty against Chelsea uh, 
yes, big fan I of you, John. But that yeah. was it was not a moment to be uh, to be well remembered, let's put it that way. <laughs> That's the best Premier League hat trick of all time, isn't it? Terrible, just terrible. But you know, look, we can't like I say I couldn't possibly come on here and countenance shying away from mentioning it. Uh, so there you go. We're nothing if not honest on this show. So yes, your biggest uh, or sorry, favourite or greatest own goals uh, get in touch with the show on specifically I think for this one on Instagram at Phantom Sports Show and check out the Instagram story and send us your greatest own goals that way. Uh, so last week we told you about Mr. Troy Deeney, uh, who went on a rant. Now, if you're not aware of this, it's sort of blown up, so I'm surprised if you're not. Uh, but he uh, lambasted one of his players, I believe, uh, which Kieran told us about, and we were discussing whether these maverick methods would actually get him very far in the management game. Uh, has it done so, Kieran? Uh, no, he hasn't gone very far. He lasted only six games in charge of Forest Green Rovers, and their owner, Dale Vince, said that his outburst after their defeat last week was one of the reasons why he, he sacked Deeney. Um, yeah. Pretty understandable. Pretty understandable, but only six games. But, you know, they're at the bottom of the table. They need, you know, they need wins. The problem is when when you're in these positions as a new manager you can sometimes say oh well it's not fair on him really to only have given him six games because he just he hasn't had time to prove himself but unfortunately he put his head you know he put his own head on the chopping block when he started ranting and raving about players uh, in a post-match interview so he sort of put himself in the firing line even if even if pressure was building up uh, you could be forgiven for saying that he'd be given a bit more time but I think he gave too much of an excuse for himself to be sacked that you know ultimately he had to go for that really because he was making uh, headlines for Forest Green for all the wrong reasons yep that that's definitely true uh, what he said was uh, overstepped the mark but Dini has has come back after the, the owner sacked him saying that apparently he was used in the first place uh, being you know appointed manager um, to be able to bring players into the football club I think his point is that his status he feels was utilised by Forrest Green but of course it was Why? like what that's not a point. That isn't a, well, a real gotcha moment there for Forest Green. They're not going to say, oh, you've really caught us with our tail between our legs there. Because obviously, there's reasons and incentives for bringing in certain managers. But if he wasn't Troy Deeney and he didn't have a reputation and they didn't think he had the ability to bring in those players, he just wouldn't be made manager anywhere. So he'd never get his first shot. So that's something to moan about from his perspective. But also, I imagine if he's going for a job, that's what he'll sell himself as. You know, his CV says, I can bring these people in and I've got this reputation, so I feel I can attract players. So surely, you know, it goes both ways, that. So it's really not catching Forest Green out at all there. It's just making what I think is quite an obvious point. Yep. It's about who you know rather than what you know now in management because obviously he never had a managerial career so it was a bit of a risk and uh, hasn't paid off um, but Denius um, said that the offers for him to come back and, and play in the game are already rolling in so wow, we might see him again like... soon but on the playing side 
What, playing? He wants to carry on playing? Yeah, he just, says the offer's oh, already okay. rolling in. I've just, just read something, yeah, yeah. Ah, well, that's interesting, because I did think when we were talking about him, I think one of the things I did say last week was it's really, this has really gone quite fast, this process for Troy Deeney, where he's from a few years where he could probably have still been doing a job in the championship for Birmingham yeah. up front to, you know, managing a League Two side. He still thinks he can play higher than League Two, so I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe see him in, in League One, maybe. I think he could definitely have an effect at that level. Any yeah, Derby fans out there interested? Do Derby <laughs> County need another they got uh, plus 30 stocky uh, front man who can hold the ball up and put one in the back of the net. I don't think they probably do, do they? I think they need a bit more pace and youthful exuberance, uh, not whatever you described Troy Deeney's <laughs> attitude as. Uh, exuberance <laughs> is, is a, a word that probably doesn't quite belong, but passion, certainly passion. Oh, we learned that. that over the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, this week uh, as well, uh, we normally do a quiz. Uh, we're going to do some kind of quiz this week, but it's a game of uh, guess the starting lineup or starting eleven or whatever you want to call it. We're going to give each other uh, a game from each of our team's history. So I've gone with a uh, Arsenal game, and you've gone with a Stoke City game, oh, I, I believe. Have. And the game is basically to uh, be able to name uh, as many of the starting elevens for both those teams in that game uh, as possible. Uh, and we'll we'll see how we That's go, tough, and the listeners <laughs> can uh, can give that a go as well. Uh, three lives you begin with, and uh, yeah, sorry. So if you get it wrong, Ooh. then you lose a life. But if you guess a substitute, you do lose a life unless they came on. If they came on as a sub, you just have to move on wow. to the next one. Yeah, so you've gone tough. A game of starting eleven, uh, and that'll be coming up. And, and then we're out when we've lost a free life. Uh, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, we're it's done. Pressure's on. It's a oh, it's a high gosh. pressure game. This, uh, which this you'll, find out, music. <laughs> you'll find out when uh, we join you again after a bit of the specials. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. If you're 2 1 up with 10 minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. Now, we will be getting on to the quiz in a minute. But before that, we have to uh, set something out with our listeners because last week uh, we told them that we were going to be doing something uh we started the show earlier at 11 o'clock and then unfortunately that didn't materialize alfie uh, no we told you that we would be off to york uh we're sorry to say uh, that that never happened we never set out to lie to our audience yeah but when we said that we were going to york to watch dorking uh, against york city 
Never happened. Mm. Never happened. A few people maybe wanted to get in touch to tell us about the great city of York. As we said at the end of our show, if you had any recommendations, then please tell us what to do there when we weren't watching York City. Uh, but yeah, it just it never happened, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, we may have inadvertently told a, a, a mistruth to our audience, which uh, we never want to do, no. of course. But hopefully we'll be back in York soon. Hopefully we will still get there for the York City Dorking yes. game. so the reason that we didn't go was because it was called off. Uh, for a frozen pitch. But, unlike all other fixtures that were happening at that time, uh, social media told us nothing. York City didn't say in the morning, oh, by the way, there's going to be a pitch inspection. Just there was, out of blue, didn't There was it? nothing yeah. at all until about, what, an hour One. or so before the game, maybe? Was it? Or maybe oh, two... before or... we were supposed to go. Yeah, not exactly before, before we were supposed to leave. Yeah. And it said, yeah, sorry, it's frozen and the game's not going ahead. So a bit of a disappointing one there. And we don't mean to lie to you. Also, I should have said that earlier when we were entering the show. But I was so busy on trying to find a tenuous reason to... uh, to mention Ron DeSantis dropping out of the Republican primaries because I think that's quite funny and link it to our text topic today own goals that I just forgot to tell you uh, well yes I do also believe if you listen back to the show on the podcast I did also add a little uh, note or voice note in there while I was editing to clarify that we didn't go but for those of you that just listen live uh, yeah we, we did not head off uh, to York unfortunately yeah. Uh, so, quiz time. Yeah. Uh, I do believe. Quiz time. Um, yeah, starting at Evans this week. The specials have just started playing. So, uh, if you want to begin uh, setting up your starting 11 for me, yes. then I can solve the issue that I've just accidentally created for myself. So, uh, so this week we're going to try and guess starting 11s based on the, the games Alfie and I have picked. So, do you want me to tell you the game I've picked for you, Alfie? Yeah. So, I've picked a game that you love. You You refer to it quite often. Uh, I don't know whether you were there. Maybe you were. Uh, Stoke City six, Liverpool one. Oh, I you was. Remember it well, don't I you? was there. Yeah, I yeah. was there. Thank I had you a feeling. for that. That's, that is what I wanted. I'm just going oh, to. Oh, is it? Damn it! Yes. Uh, I didn't know what European games you saw Stoke at, so I just thought I'll go for the safe bet. I did. To be fair, I saw Stoke at home. I was a mascot when we played against Besiktas. This is in 2012. That is the game I had in my have head. Have I mentioned thinking. that before? You have to me. See, I remember sure. that um, me and my brother went on a Stoke City-based podcast for Stoke fans. It's called the YYY Files. You can seek out the episode if you like. Uh, because I said I made an opinion in, in jest uh, that sort of made me a bit of a pariah for it. Also, I got called a hobbit uh, on the Sentinels website. Uh, once, which was another anecdote that I've yet to say uh, on this radio station. <laughs> but I'm aiming to get my brother on at some stage, and we'll we'll tell those anecdotes then. But yes, uh, mascots, me and my brother were against uh, when we played Benfica in the Europa League in 2012. Uh, so I did watch that one. But 2016 is uh, yes, it's it's a memorable a memorable match against Liverpool, of course. Mm. Uh, and so there was yeah, a certain well, players final game won't mention who because Alfie's got a well he knows who but he, he's got to say the name in a minute for I presume you mean a certain player for Liverpool's uh, final yes, game I think, yeah. because there were also some players for Stoke whose final games they were to to be fair ah, okay. uh, so you know I've got that to consider as mm. well anyway let's stop gambling and let's get into it when I can begin playing some music in at the background 
This is starting 11. Stoke City v Liverpool. It is indeed. Right. Tension, pressure is on. From Sunday, the 24th of May, 2015. Right. Stoke City. I'm going to go through the teams. Do you want to do managers as well? Uh, Manager for Stoke was Mark Hughes. Correct. Uh, the manager for Liverpool was Brendan Rodgers. Correct. Uh, okay, I'm going to try and go through these in order. So, oh, he's going to try and show off. Do you off. want to give me the formation for Stoke? I think it's fair that we it, give each other the formation. It says on the BBC website four two three one. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the formation for Liverpool. Formation. See, I know one thing four, that may three, help three. me in this is that Liverpool did not play with a registered striker or did not start a registered striker I that is correct. in that game. Uh, so yeah. let's begin, had, shall we? Yeah, let's start on the with... Start I'll start with Liverpool, actually. Um, I want to say the goalkeeper, but now I don't know whether I'm right. <laughs> so maybe I won't start with Liverpool. <laughs> start with Stoke. It was uh, Jack Butland in goal for Stoke. Oh. This is see. This is the the two I'm tenuous on are both the goalkeepers, so I'm not too sure. So I might lose a life early on here. Butland was on the bench, and he didn't come on. So that's a life gone already. But now that's you should good. know so who the, the other goalkeeper is. Asmir Begovic. Correct. Uh, right back, Glenn Johnson. Too mm, early. No. Okay, that's another life. This is not going well, is it? he? He's not on the bench either. Okay. Uh, so, oh no, the kit. I'm getting the kit wrong. We signed in the season after, but because it was the last game in the season, we wore the home kit yeah, for this next is 2015, season. so it's 2014-15 So, centre-back, Ryan Shawcross. Correct. Because uh, he laughed in the changing room, didn't he? Yes. When he got in at half-time. Because you were like 4-0 up, sorry. 5-0 up Five by nil. half-time. Yeah, come on, don't underplay it. Sorry, this sorry. I wanted greatest, to be 6-0, but it's only 5. This was our greatest moment. Uh, so, yeah, please don't uh, <laughs> don't play it down, please. Uh, centim- I'm going to go midfielders. So, Stephen and Zonzi. Correct. Charlie Adam. Correct. Uh, and then, did... Afalai play that's not an answer I'm just thinking through here Mam Juf he scored uh, Juf yeah yeah uh, was he up front he's up front yeah or on the wing okay Jonathan Walters correct he scored uh, yes but Walters on the wing in this uh, BT graphic uh, Glenn Whelan correct so have I said Stephen Zonzi you have so you've got the two sim midfielders you've got Adam just ahead in the 10 yeah. Walters on the wing Juf up front so you need another player on the wing so the left and, winger. Uh, is it Marco on out of it? It is Marco yeah, on out okay. uh, Left back. Was it Eric Peters or was it Mark Maniesa? That's the question. It's one of those two, isn't it? I think. Uh, Could be both. Eric Peters. Yep. Uh, did Mark Maniesa play left centre back? This is the question. Because I'm thinking, did Philip Volshine play by then or no? I don't know. Ibrahim Athalai wasn't on because I've got enough of the midfield to so that now. Yeah, you just need centre back and the other full back. Uh, so right back. So did Jeff Cameron play? He did. So he was right back. So you got ten of the eleven. Oh come on. Uh, so it's either Mark Maniesa or Philip Volshire. They're the other options for left centre back, aren't they? Really? Mm. Yeah, one started, one was on the bench. Oh right. Well, I can say both then, can't I? Or did one of them come on? None or, of them. Oh, gosh. Uh, the one on the bench didn't come on. Oh. 
Well, this could end me game if I'd... So I'm going to go to Liverpool because I've got one life left. Um, so that was the most of I've got 10 out of 11 so far. That is stick, very so good. So I'm going to give myself some praise for that. This is um, nearly 10 years ago now. We're in 2024. It's so depressing, isn't it? That has gone so quick. Oh, 10 years since... Wow. See, I remember Stephen Inzonzi because he scored How? a goal right before the end of the half from about 35 yards out that was just inch perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Um, I'm rambling here. We should get on with it, shouldn't we? Um, we should know one player for Liverpool. For Liverpool, Adam Lallana. Correct. Uh, because he started up front-ish, apparently. Well, it's put him on the wing in the front three in this graphic, but okay. probably, I don't know. Yeah. Um, did Joe Allen play for Liverpool? I don't know whether yeah, I want to. I don't know whether I want to put the that. The Welsh peer, though. Did he? He did indeed. Okay, okay, I'm happy with that. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, which obviously, obviously they put him up front in this graphic. Uh, well, I think he was the closest. He got he the scored, closest to he? goal because he scored. See, when I said Mark Manieso, I should have gone with it because uh, he got injured would you want to go for it you can go back uh, yeah Mark Manieso yeah that's correct because he got injured uh, which led to Stephen this is why I thought it odd when you said that the other person didn't get subbed on because he got injured he pulled his like hamstring when Stephen Gerrard run through him behind so that's mm. literally the only reason well maybe it was after your final sub oh that's maybe. true so maybe we well, we finished the game with 10 men or maybe. him just limping around so I've got 11 yeah. of you were 6-1 one up one player limping around for 10 minutes oh. is probably not too bad uh, Liverpool Liverpool they, yeah, see it's quite Rogers, hard to yeah. plot them isn't it because it's like I'm thinking centre back wise you've got your Skirtles and Aggers and that kind of situation and Jamie Carragher's retired by then I presume uh, so I'm not going to go with him uh, I've said Joe Allen, Stephen Gerrard, and Adam Lallana. What about like Lucas Laver? This is yeah, correct. Okay, cool. Uh, the pressure's on it. I feel like this might be making for bad radio because I'm making too much thinking time. Yeah, this needs to be video, doesn't it? I know. You need yeah, to we see need, the we pressure need in your face. The pressure on, me, yeah. on my face here. Uh, tell me what positions we got left. Then. So you've got not done goalkeeper. Yeah, you've still got the goalkeeper in the back four, and you've still got one midfielder and one attacker, or you know, midfielder in the front three. To go. Midfielder in the front three, attacker. It, midfielder front three, yeah. Coutinho was he there yet? This is the or oh, was that the summer they brought Coutinho? I'm going to go with it. Yeah, that's the player in the front three. Great, so you now have got the front three according to this BBC Sport. Graphic. Um, goalkeeper, Carius. No. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. No. See, I genuinely wasn't sure. It, oh, Mignolet. It must be Simon Mignolet. Oh, well, I'm out there. Do you I'm want me to happy. go through the... Uh, yeah, go through what I didn't uh, get. It was then Chan at fullback. Anyway, Chan. I forgot about Skirtle, Sacco, Moreno, and then in midfield, it's your favourite ex-Saudi Arabian player who's just moved to Ajax. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Henderson. Henderson. Indeed. Do you want those come on? Yeah, go So for Liverpool, Kolo Torre, Jordan Ibe, who joined Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Oh, last year, and he did join Bournemouth, and Charlie Lambert. Oh. And then for Stoke, it was Wilson. Mark which, Wilson. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Peter Odenwingi and Peter Crouch. Peter Odenwingi feels like 
uh, that must have been his last season because for me there's not much he doesn't belong in that team for me he came on for 23 minutes oh there you Played go a good, good how part strange yeah. maybe i'm just forgetting that well that was it's my easy to uh, forget players but yeah, it's that, 10 years ago now that was my go i think there. you did well um so yeah there you go starting 11 tell me how you did i mean when we do these things in future we'll do ones that are a bit more wider reaching for the main audience opposed just to maybe stoking. we do like world cup finals uh, or but you will you will idea. be able to have more involvement in the one that i've got lined up for kieran which is coming up after this You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. If you're 2-1 up with 10 minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. And after Alfie's impressive showing in the starting 11 quiz... 10 out of 11 for Stoke. I think that's pretty impressive, Alfie. It's all right. I'm, I'm reasonably happy with it. It's my turn now, though, so I'm not going to uh, get ahead of myself. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's an, it's a new type of quiz. It's not just the same old, you know, five questions, something different. So I'm looking forward to yeah, it. we thought we'd make it and, a bit uh, different. Uh, less than half an hour now until we get our very special guest on the show as well, which is exciting. So we've got stuff to rush through here, is yeah. what you're saying. Uh, starting 11 for you. Uh, and for the listeners at home, I think this one will be a bit more gettable for more people because it's not specific to Stoke. And as you're an Arsenal fan, uh, I thought I'd make it the Europa League final from uh, May 2019, which is obviously such I've a I've erased that one from my a memory. fond memory for you is it was what? Chelsea 4, Arsenal oh, 1. I turned that over. I remember watching it and as soon as Chelsea scored 2, I'd turn over. Wow. Okay. Maybe maybe you won't do quite so well. I remember well. the Arsenal goal scorer, so I've got one point. <laughs> yeah, maybe you won't do quite so well then. I might on do this more randomly than you. Uh, but if up. you want the. So the formations Chelsea played a 4 3 3. Arsenal played a 5-2-1-2 is how I read it. In Baku, Azerbaijan. In, in Baku, which is an absolute pain in the neck to get to uh, and a terrible place a to nice host. nice city too. Yeah, but so. I think it's a bad place to host, especially a European final where well, the Asia, only teams are from, <laughs> yeah, from England, in Azerbaijan, yeah, but where I think fair, you have they... to get a train and a plane mm. and an automobile all the way there. It too fair, they forever. do sort these seats out before... Oh they yeah, any before idea the finals are chosen. You know, because it could have been, uh, you know, completely different. It could have been Turkey v Russia, and then that's perfect, isn't it? So, way to start for us, uh, managers, please. Unai Emery. Uh, that is indeed correct. The man um, doing wonders at Aston Villa at the minute, managing. And Arsenal. is it Sari for Chelsea? Indeed, Maurizio Sari's Chelsea side. So, uh, Chelsea playing a four-three-three, obviously, because it's Maurizio Sari. Uh, as I say, Arsenal five two one two is how I read it. This is going to be scattergun approach. Uh, uh, let's just say players come to my head that I know play. Okay. So we got Petr Cech and goal for Arsenal. That is correct. Well done, Alex. Alex hold, hold, on. Oh, sorry, hold, sorry, on. hold on, hold on, don't go too strong. I just removed the. Still, the music's still going. So that was a mixture of Tadar and an instrumental <laughs> version of Die Young by Kesha there. That was a good uh, uh, To celebrate one. you getting that one correct. Well done. I've got one, so I'm yes, proud of that. started strong. 
And then uh, Alex Awobi scored a goal for Arsenal. He scored a goal for Arsenal, but it's not correct because he came on as a substitute. Okay. Uh, so, wow. you know, whatever that counts. I mean, it doesn't really matter because, in a sense, you're not losing a life, but you were wrong. Oh, thanks. It uh, was a great goal. Not that it mattered. Can't remember he, it. Oh, he blasted it in from quite a decent distance. But, yeah, it was ultimately a consolation. And then... Uh, Pedro scored for Chelsea, didn't he? Pedro, so Pedro must scored for Chelsea. Pedro started for Chelsea. Okay. Now, this is tricky. I... Was Eden Hazard still at Chelsea at the time? He might have scored. He always seemed to score against Arsenal. Eden Hazard scored twice. Wow. Eden there. Yeah, you've got you do know that so far. We've got two from each uh, team. What what year is this again? Uh, twenty nineteen. Basically pre COVID. I forgot the year pre COVID and the bit after COVID. Yeah. Like they all meld into this weird thing where it's quite hard to keep track of who was managing who and who was yeah. playing who. And especially but when this game is out of my memory. What you've it's got just... to think of is Maurizio Sarri's Chelsea is what you've got to think of to I'm get not most Chelsea of their players. Uh, no, but, you know, I think you could give it a decent shot. Uh, well, if you're an Arsenal fan, let's go on Arsenal then. So there's a back three and two wing-backs to think of. Uh, there's two defensive mids, one number 10, to give it to you there, and uh, two strikers. Well, let's just say Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Correct. Lacazette. Correct. There are your two strikers, John. one go. Genduzi came on in the 66th minute. So, uh, in a sense, correct, but also in a mm. sense, not He was correct. a bit of a favourite under Emery. Yes, he came on uh, for the left centre-back, and then I imagine they moved to a back four. I don't know if Koscielny was at Arsenal at the time, was he? He might have left, but I'm going to say Koscielny. Yes, Koscielny was the centre-back that at the very centre of the back game, three. maybe. With our season. Yeah, an interesting one because these centre in my head, the person playing right centre back and Koscielny didn't play together for me at all. So I don't know why. I just can't think of. Okay, well, it mustn't be Mertesacker then because <laughs> they definitely played no, together. No. Uh, Rob Holding was there. Rob Holding did not start or start. come on as a substitute, so you lose a life. I'm very sorry. There. I don't know. Um, Hector Bellerin, maybe? Also didn't start or come Ooh. on as a sub. So you're on one life left. And you've currently got one, two, three, four, <laughs> five people Everyone. Uh, from both the teams. So we're really skipping well. towards oh. failure here. Listeners, this is how you play the new game. If you wanted an ample demonstration of how it's done. Should we go through it position by position? I think that would be more helpful for you. I think you can get who the Chelsea right-back is. Because he was Chelsea captain for years. Um, uh, Ivanovic? No, no, no. Too early. I thought it was too early, but captain. You've also lost your final life there. But uh, we'll let you carry on. We'll let you carry on. This is a disaster. No idea. Spanish. Difficult last name to say. Oh, Oh, as per the quetta. Yes, as per the quetta. In goal, same nation. Oh, same nation. I was thinking Courtois. 
Uh, so it must be Ariza Belaga. It is Kefa Ariza Belaga. It seems yes. too early. It? I know, it's weird. They sort of meld into one. A defensive mid for... Um, centre defensive mid in a midfield three for Maurizio Sarri. Cesc Fabregas might have played. He did not. Uh, we're way out of the lies here. But uh, Maurizio yeah. Sarri's uh, defensive mid was, God. of course, Jorginho. The one he brought in, and that's sort of the... He was supposed to be the bringer of Sarri ball to Chelsea. Of course, it didn't at all work And now out. he's at Arsenal, and i still got it wrong. I know, that's terrible, isn't it? That? So I'll just read it out now. Yeah, I just can't remember anything. We failed ethically yeah. at this game. We may never play this again, because that was... It's shown you off. Uh, Chelsea, starting 11 in goal, Asvilacueta... Uh, sorry, in goal, Asvilacueta. In goal, Ariza Balaga. <laughs> right back. As Phil Quetta, right centre back Andreas Christensen, left centre back David Luiz, left back Emerson. That was the one I thought you wouldn't get. Um, centre mids are N'Golo Kante, Jorginho, and Matteo Kovacic. Ross Barkley came on for Kovacic in the seventy-sixth minute. Pedro scored. <laughs> Willian replaced him in the seventy-first minute. Olivier Giroud, also a former Arsenal player, scored for Chelsea in that game quite famously against his former club. Eden Hazard scored twice, and the right back Davide Zappa Costa came on for him in the eighty-nine. Oh, I'm going to remember minute. that one. Well, he didn't need to. He was a sub, <laughs> uh, but for. Chelsea for Chelsea for Arsenal there's actually quite a lot of crossover between Chelsea and Arsenal that's what I found out yes, when looking at these yeah. bizarrely a lot of players go from one to the other Ainsley Maitland-Niles right wing back uh, back three of Socrates <laughs> Koscielny and Nacho Monreal who was replaced by Genduzzi <laughs> and left wing back of Saeed Kolasinac uh, two defensive mids, Lucas Torreira and Granit Xhaka. Torreira so now bad. at Galatasaray, I believe. It shows you how much Arsenal have come along. Indeed. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, a number 10, Meza Ozil. Oh. When I said there's a number 10 there, I looked at you with the and kind I've of And I've got his shirt on. up in my room. Uh, he was replaced by 10. Joe Willock in the 77th minute. And you got the front two. So that was a disaster for you there, I've got to say. Uh, I'm going to put in some sarcastic applause. Thank you, thank you. Very much appreciated. I'll do better next week. Just give me a game that I haven't forgotten. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed, everybody. Time is 17 minutes to four. We'll be uh, joined by our Ipswich expert soon and listener to the show. Uh, yeah, so we'll be getting into that soon. But first, uh, we've already talked about Troy Dean, haven't we? Uh, we we mentioned Peter Reed. Do you have we got any more you want to add on Peter Reed, or is it just that you went? He said he um, should have uh, hacked Diego Maradona down in that famous game where he scored the hand of gold. I mean, it is only right. Also, what I didn't know about Peter Reed uh, is obviously why he was at Plymouth. Not only because he used to manage them. But he, a few years ago in Plymouth, were in financial difficulties. He sold off some of his memorabilia, like his FA Cup winner's medal and stuff. I've got to say, lovely man. So, yeah, he's a lovely man. Indeed, a very lovely man. Uh, now, we talked last week uh, about Reading and oh, their fans doing a protest on the pitch uh, that got the game called off against Port Vale. Uh, of course, this radio station broadcasting uh, from Derby, of course, uh, the University of Derby. Uh, Derby County going to play there tonight, I believe. Yes, um, that's true. Reading's fan group, uh, Sell Before We Die, Die spelled D-A-I, hence the uh, 
because that's the name of the owner of the club who is currently ruining the club uh, they have urged fans not to repeat the protest because they feel the first one worked getting the attention but any more may draw away away from the main issue by frustrating fans who are paying money to go and watch these games uh, thoughts uh yeah i think what they did last time storing a pitch was obviously it made everyone talk about it now reading haven't got any money so they can't pay for these fines anyway even if the efl give them it but um they've still got a chance of staying up uh albeit i don't think they will so do they need any more points deductions because i presume maybe they might get a points deduction out of what happened against port vale obviously wait to hear what the efl make for of it um of course if they were to storm the pitch again it would be make more news it would be big especially against derby county that's obviously a much bigger opposition than biggest Portville. team in the league yes one of the yes one of the biggest teams in the league you know they still need to keep the message going still need to bang the drum that they want you know their owner out so it's a tricky situation um and they're not going to get many away fans coming if the away fans think, you know, this game's going to be off after 10 Indeed, minutes. Indeed, I saw a post from Derby County earlier saying that there will be pay on the gate available for that game, which sort of suggests that maybe yeah, cause you'd uh, think the Darby selling sell of out. the tickets yeah. wasn't quite as fruitful as maybe it would have been had that not taken place. The statement from Sell Before We Die says that we should always be prepared to be bold with our actions, and that was made clear on the 13th of January. Fed up of being lied to and seeing their club slowly die fans felt they were left with no other option than to run onto the pitch and force the game to be abandoned mm. and that was a desperate attempt to bring the attention of our plight to the nation and they think basically that that did what it needed to do it did however yeah. because they don't know what the punishment from the efl is yet uh, that maybe it's not the right time now to uh, do that protest again. For these reasons, we urge fans not to try to get the match abandoned against Derby County tomorrow. This statement was released yesterday. We do not want to throw away all we've achieved over the past week. Uh, an interesting story. I understand and, that. Yeah, yeah always, always uh, good to see a bit more organisation than just uh, just pure anger mm. behind fan yes, organisation. Yes, seems organised, and and that's good. You know, people working together and. And working news and try and get this this man out because he needs to go. Um, that there was a rumor this week that the owner or CEO of, of Jim Shark might uh, come and rescue the club, but he's denied that, saying he's not going to invest in Reading because he's an Aston Villa fan. Uh, so fair enough, but someone's got to do it because we don't want to lose. You know, a pretty big club in. In England, they have been in the in the Reading in the Premier League not yeah. all that long ago within. No. You know, recent memory. Fifteen years, yeah. twenty years. Yeah. Right now, uh, we'll see. We we'll see how that unfolds tonight, and bring you, you know, an It'd update slash reflections yeah. on what I'm sure happens. There'll be a protest it's just next week. Um, now it's time for Pascal Chimbondo update time. Everybody, it's time for Pascal Chimbondo update time. That was a really poorly. <laughs> threaded sentence wasn't it but anyway we promise every week to bring you a Pascal Chimbondo update um, we have kept to that promise uh, but we have also let you down because one of our first updates was that he had a wager with the chairman of Kendall Town that uh, if his side could beat them in the reverse fixture 
that he would buy the chairman a steak dinner. Now, we brought you that story, but we did fail in our duties to mention that they have actually played that replay, and Skelmersdale lost. Oh. The chairman of Kendall is yet to receive wow. uh, his steak dinner. So, uh, Pascal, you got to pay up, mate. Yeah, Miller and Carter was the specific steak dinner that the guy asked for, apparently. He was very uh, precise about that fact. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Pascal Trimbonda not uh, making true on his promise there, which is Ooh. quite shocking. Um, and this week, what happened? Well, I lost again this weekend. Uh, still nil. serving his um, touchline ban. Yes. Pascal. But he could be back. Could be playing on, on Saturday. Because he's registered himself as a player. against, against Barry. Barry. Yeah. Um, so we look because he registered that, himself yeah. as a player, as we also brought you news of a few weeks ago, uh, that is in preparation for this game against Barry, which is possibly one of the biggest for them. Uh, we may have also jumped the gun on saying that we thought Pascal may be turning things around because having lost 1-0 at home uh, on Saturday, uh, still bottom of the table. Yeah, still bottom, still just so, still a lot of work to do, but he has got him into a better position than what he found himself in. So that there's still hope yet. Pascal is, we've got confidence in him, he's going to do it. It didn't work for Troy Deeney. We didn't bring him any good luck, but I feel like oh, it this really is different didn't work for Troy Deeney. Yeah, we we also said last week we'll keep on top of this, and maybe he can have the big turnaround that Pascal appears to have. short-lived, and now Pascal's turnaround has turned back around, and Troy Deeney uh, turned around now, walked out the door, uh, unfortunately, and uh, it seems he will not be welcome anymore. If only that song was coming on next. It's not. I should have thought about that, uh, but. There is a bit, there is, um, speaking of links, (laughs) there you go, we found it, we found it. Speaking of links, uh, coming up now is uh, Chain Reaction by Diana Ross. Song to another. This is Phantom Radio. Phantom Radio. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Round. If you're 2-1 up with 10 minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Hello and uh, welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. We have been joined by a special guest in the shape of Callum Brissett. So of course, Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Yeah. How's, how's things going? Very well, yeah. Um, yeah, this has been away the last week or so. Um, a much needed break, uh, but I'm back in Derby, ready for, for the next few months. And uh, in Leicester last night? I was, yeah. The uh, Ipswich Town game last night, uh, which it was decent, actually. Um, Were you in the press box? I was, I was, yeah, in the press box. Um, 
do me reporting, which I do on all the away games now. Um, one of your listeners as well, Josh, was there as a supporter uh, in the away end. Uh, he'll be listening in, uh, so there's your shout-out. Um, <laughs> so that's all he wanted you to come on to do, just to shout him out. Well, I know he'll appreciate that, and uh, he enjoyed it as well. Um, obviously, late equaliser, uh, which I thought was, was probably deserved in the end. Yeah, good uh, point for you there. For the second half, yeah. Um, it was a decent game. Um, weren't in it in the first half, really, but second half was was much different and uh, and got a good result. Indeed, and uh, our text in for today, just, this wasn't made to mock you. I only <laughs> saw, like, the highlights of the game after I wrote this down as a text in, but it is what's the greatest own goal in your view. Now, I will ask you that question in a moment, but also, sorry to rub salt into the wound about that first goal. No, of course, um, and it wasn't the first time something like that had happened uh, with Leif Davis. The same happened at his former club, Leeds, a few weeks ago, so... He's been getting a bit of stick uh, from opposition fans, mainly Leeds fans. Um, <laughs> but, you know, simply put, he's, he's one of our better players. Um, and these things happen. Um, was a little bit unlucky, but is what it is. Um, got the point in the end, so uh, didn't come back to haunt us too badly. But we sound like we're dwelling here on Ipswich as though <laughs> that is something that needs to happen this season. Because it doesn't, does it? Because going well for you this yeah. this whole championship lock after what was it two years yeah. in league one four years four years, years. Four wow years, time yeah. sorry covid and stuff really melts yeah. things together four years four in league years. one thinking oh gosh everything's miserable for us now second in the championship pretty mm. decent taking turnout. it like a duck to water absolutely i mean it was three years of nonsense in league one really um and then last year last year was just fantastic um what do you we put went, it down to? It has, to, it has to be the manager. Yeah, it has to be Kieran McKenna. Um, since he's come in, uh, he's brought so much to the football club. Um, first of all, made us so difficult to beat. Then we added goals to the side and we're scoring for fun. Um, got the promotion with 98 points last season, which almost wasn't enough. It was such a thrilling, thrilling end to the season and we've carried the momentum through and I suppose you can't really call it momentum now. We're 28 games in. I suppose we're we're there it's on just who you are. We're there on merit, aren't we? Um, yeah, it's been such a great ride. I think on I... paper, that team is of that level. To be fair, yeah. I don't think you could say that they look like a League One team overachieving. Everything about them just seems to work for me, and I don't see it go. I don't see how it goes wrong. I mean, the competition between Ipswich and Southampton is interesting because I can't remember the exact stat, but it's something like. I think you've got 58 or 59 points now or yep. one or the other way around and it was believe, something yeah. along the lines of no team who's been uh, after Christmas with X amount of points has finished outside of the automatics well one of those teams has to so yeah. it's quite an interesting one is that a worry for you? It, it's obviously a worry but it's not something we're we're not used to because like I say when we were in League One last season there was ourselves Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday and one of those had to miss out in the end it was Sheffield Wednesday, who got 96 and missed out, they ended up winning the playoffs, um, which you have to say for, on the on the whole season it was probably deserved. Had they not gone up with that points tally, it would have been would have been a disaster, really. Um, but you feel like that's the probably same is going to happen again this season, and it's not just ourselves in Southampton. There's Leeds United as well. There's there's four teams right up there, and 
we're the we're the odd one out because the other three have all just how i wish come down we could be involved (laughs) in in a title challenge (laughs) it just sounds i mean the fact that you even get to contemplate the emotion of you know finishing in automatics or just missing out is yeah it's a world away from where stoke are at the minute so i am quite jealous although we've taken plymouth's manager so hopefully he can (laughs) put us back up there somewhere but yeah the rest of the teams in that battle as you were about to say all former Premier League teams yeah. very just, recently just come down this season have all got you know I don't I, I don't want to harp on about it too much but you, you do put it into perspective when you look at the budgets and the size of the squads and the calibre of players they've got we're from an outside point of view I, th- I, I really do think what we're doing at the moment is, is special and whether whether we end up finishing in the top two or not I think I don't think that 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 will change that. Um, yeah, playoffs would still be a good season for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, before the season, snap your hand off that. We were ambi- we were ambitious that we were going to be competitive, um, maybe challenging for the top six. But a lot of people were probably thinking, probably just outside, bit of a transition season getting going. But where we are at the moment, I mean, we say top six. If we were to finish sixth now from this point, it would be a a complete failure quite frankly yeah. um, and that's not how it's it should weird, be isn't it? and it's it not how it should be looked failure at failure and a mental achievement all in one absolutely go. and that's not how it should be looked at but that that is how it would be perceived now if 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 such a thing was to happen i think we're almost certainly probably going to be in the top 6 at, at, at least um it would take a, a real collapse for that not to happen now um so whatever happens it's been a brilliant season and there's 18 games to go and 18 big games to go we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see where we end up hopefully Southampton can start to lose a few games which they don't seem to like doing lately but for you this season as you've mentioned you've been covering them from the press box of the away games how's that been as an experience certainly different um, thoroughly enjoyable though started doing it a couple of months ago um, but it's, it's it's a different experience you know I'm, I'm i'm so used to being in those away ends going going mental at the late goals and stuff like that there was, yeah. there was there was there was a slightly more toned down celebration yesterday um but i still gave it some uh, yeah, it has to be said <laughs> i mean i've never been reporting on stoke so i couldn't really i can't align the two things in the same way but i think the only times when i was uh, with England in the Euros final obviously there's a team there that I'm supporting and it was quite difficult to but to be fair when, everyone was supporting England when England scored yeah. the person next to me who was I think De Spiegel I think was writing for German paper he like punched the desk in anger so I thought it's all right to show a bit of emotion absolutely, yeah, absolutely. when these things happen so yeah, I, yeah. I was grand with that but I, yeah. yeah it must be quite a wild ride being in there with them yeah you're, you're all there to do a job but at the same time a lot of the people that are doing the job are doing it for certain teams and mm. will support those certain teams so it's it's all fairly normal Do you, you know? to promote where your stuff goes then where can um, we read your well so I do match reports for a place called Suffolk News. Um, I hope they're not listening, but they're not a not, not, they're not a huge organisation. Um, readership probably isn't great, um, but it's just getting myself out there really. Um, but a lot of my stuff goes on an independent site called TWTD, um, which are very popular. Um, I work with a chap called Phil, who's um, who runs the site, um, who does fantastic stuff. Uh, he wasn't actually there last night. He wasn't uh, wasn't feeling too well, so I had one and a half times the workload shall we say um but yeah uh, it's it, it's good fun um 
getting into those those so areas. It's like you the get ra- to... it's the right time to get into this, isn't it? Really? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you still, you, even though I've been doing it for a couple of months, you, you you just still get the buzz when you're speaking with with the with the players after the game, or occasionally when I'm speaking with with Kieran McKenna, as I did last night. Um, especially when you're asking him about any transfer uh, business this well, week, where he's where he's going to reply with a with a with a flat bat <laughs> uh, in the press conference. But mm. but yeah, um, it, it's all good fun, uh, and uh, I feel it's the right time for me to to go into it. Who's your favourite player that you've spoke to? Then? That I've spoken to. Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, I haven't spoken to too many players because a lot of them do the radio interviews, and you just sort of get get sent the audio from it. Um, I spoke to Jack Taylor recently. I spoke to Marcus Harness. Um, Jack Taylor was quite good to speak to. Um, young lad signed from Peterborough, good midfielder. Uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go Jack Taylor. But I mean, Kieran McKenna, the manager, he's such a gem to to talk to. I mean, I don't know how it comes across to the media externally, but is you can't say a bad word about him and Nork and his players and he's doing such a fantastic job and, I think that does come across and, yeah I think he is yeah. ultimately a manager with without that baggage maybe yeah uh, even though he's come from Man United I think sometimes you can get managers who come along with this stuff that all like a reputation behind them even if it's unwarranted like they just sort of have that anyway and that can be a lot uh, but also coming into it freshly it is a risk choosing a manager like that. I mean, like I say, Stoke went for Nathan Jones when he was someone who'd obviously done really well with Luton and it was a risk and it just didn't work. Mm. And he didn't really have a reputation other than one thing. Or Kieran McKenna doesn't have any real reputation before apart from just the fact that he's coached at Man United for so long. Uh, so, yeah, it could all go terribly wrong, but no, it seems he's come in and been able to handle that quite well. So Yeah, came, came in a couple of years ago, um, and it, it was a huge risk. Um, we just got rid of Paul Cook, um, and we brought in this guy who, I'm going to be honest, when, when the rumours came out the day before he was appointed, I hadn't heard of him. No. Um, and, and two years on, he's... You love him. I, I absolutely <laughs> adore the bloke, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's done... done done wonders in his just over two years in charge um and i think he's i i think he's just he's starting to get the plaudits in the last 12 months or so from the national media there's a lot of attention on him that sort of thing which is good to see but also keep him under the radar yeah, lads don't, you know don't I, shout yeah. too loud. no you don't want to move into the premier league no, I really, him switch too soon. well you know hopefully he'll be a premier league manager yeah. in in august at the, uh, switch, at, at the club yes. he's at at the moment yeah it's a it's a jump to take isn't it you know, if if someone in the Premier League is in trouble and looking at these managers and thinking, is it time to go down and see what's going on in the Championship? I find most of the times when that happens, they end up getting relegated with the club that they jumped ship to anyway. And then, like you think with Luton, Nathan Jones mm-hmm. obviously left to go to Southampton. Southampton got relegated. Rob Edwards took Luton off anyway. That thought process for him must be, oh, what the heck did I do there? So hopefully that makes him hang on. I'd say he should as well, because he's obviously made this group of players who's all doing the literally the best they could possibly be doing for him, I'd say. So it's, uh, yeah, from that point of view, all positive. Now, we want to know how positive you're going to come out of this show looking, <laughs> because we're going to quiz you um, soon. How, how are you feeling about that? I'll be honest, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I don't want to embarrass myself. I feel like 
I feel like reputation. I feel like I should do well given my. I feel like I should have good enough knowledge and I, I go enough, go enough. And I mean, I'm not ashamed to say Ipswich Town is my life. So, you know, if I, if I don't do well on this quiz, then, well, maybe I need to do some reflections. Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident at the same time. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get into that quiz uh, after this. Listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Rock. So, then we can stop the interview because I only want to talk to people who have a little bit of understanding of football. Welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show with me, Kim Morrison, Alf Dickin, and our special guest, Callum Brissett. Hello, Callum. Hello. Uh, And we will quiz you on Itchwich Town in a minute. I know you're a little bit nervous about that, but you've done a lot of the grounds in the 92 how many have you done uh, I'm on 69 what's your favourite ground you've been to Portman Road uh, I think <laughs> that's <laughs> needless to say like I said that's my numbers are nowhere near that so quite the traveller how would you describe Portman Road for those who haven't been there i.e. me and Alfie yeah I haven't been yeah I haven't been there <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it's a ground with history um, it's a traditional ground. It's not. It's obviously not one of these one of these new bowls that you see yeah. on the outskirts like of towns and ground, cities, yeah. that sort of thing. It's right in the town centre. Oh, um, have to walk it. Four four yeah. unique stands. Um, one of which, which is where the away fans are, probably in need of an upgrade. Need of TLC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, reasonably sized, just under yeah. thirty thousand. Um, so creates a good atmosphere. When it gets going, it can, but the, the acoustics aren't great, and our fan base sometimes don't help themselves. The uh, acoustics at our place uh, can be great, but they haven't been for about ten years. So I think I'd rather we were trying and the acoustics weren't great, and that was the excuse than yeah. <laughs> than the the fans are just being rubbish for about ten years. So yeah. you know. I mean, I hadn't actually been to Stoke until a few weeks ago. Um, I think that was actually the most recent one I've ticked off, actually, oh, right, was okay. Stoke, yeah. What do you think of it? <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'd describe it as average. What, the as a, actual stadium? As a stadium, He's yeah, if you, if you don't mind. No, uh, it's all right. It is average because it was built by the same person that made about five different other grounds in yeah. 1996. So, you know, Pride Park and the Vet 365 and there's another one that I can't St Mary's the, yeah, ri- the Riverside they're all, they're all similar they're they? all cut from the same I mean the King Power I was last night is similar bit bigger perhaps but the thing is right it really works when it works but unfortunately it hasn't worked since we've been relegated basically because people just I don't know we haven't made up I don't think we've made up a chant for a new player since we've been in the championship <laughs> the, I wish that was me joking I can't think of one you would have to press me very hard to think of one the fan base is just so sick and fed up of what we've been seeing that we've just given up so the atmosphere is never all that and it was I'm saying for probably four or five years it up there is the best atmosphere in 
England, Europe. I could genuinely say that. Possibly one of the loudest stadiums. And I feel like what got those accolades. But since we've been down the championship, <laughs> it has not been that at all. Mm. So, yeah, it's not the stadium. It's definitely the fans that are doing that. And, and what do you put that down to? Obviously, relegation would have been would have been big. But the fact is that there any nothing, other underlying issues, maybe? Nothing ever seems to... Um, go on for long enough for it to feel like something to get behind there have been so many false dawns and especially when we first went down it was people who you know all's going down seem to coincide with cost of living covid all these things all in one go where it felt like you were just being given served this sandwich of awfulness let's you know stay clean for the radio um (laughs) whilst also never getting anything back and you were spending your money on this thing and thinking, what's the point? Then you'd watch someone like, I don't know, uh, this isn't to be harsh on him because he's not the only one, but say Saido he know, Benikafobe, Tom Ince, who we were paying <laughs> around £10 million for and they'd give us nothing back for it at all. I mean, this season we paid for Andre Vidigal, we paid 250 grand for him, and he scored about double the amount of goals that Benny Cafobe <laughs> and Saida Bohino combined have scored. <laughs> so we were just wasting big money on these players, and it never changed, and every season we go through the same rigmarole. There's, I feel I've said it on this show before, but there's like an 18-month plan that happens again and again, where we bring in a new manager, uh, it's a bit average, but we think, oh, it'll pick up. Then after about a year, it picks up a bit and then the new season starts and it all goes a bit flat and downhill. So we sack them and get a new one in. And when they do that, they all bring in their new players and bring in a new identity. So with each manager, we have to scrap it all and start again. And so it's just been like that cycle about five times around. And it's just so apathetic and pointless. And we're just still in 17th. I quite like Stephen Schumacher at the minute. It seems like a decent appointment, but... As I've said last week, um, I refuse to put any emotion uh, beyond just the fact that I quite like Stoke and they're my team. (laughs) Other than that, any other emotion can't go on it. I'm not going to get hopeful until something starts happening, because ultimately it's just going to be the same thing again, otherwise I feel. So, you know, it's it's not great, is it, as an attitude to have towards your club? But, yeah, all I can say is I'm quite jealous of you. Yeah, a bit rosier at Ipswich. Different yeah, transfer policy as well, and, and that's the thing. Yeah. If you, if someone had said that about Ipswich Town, probably two years ago, you'd In have the same boat. You'd yeah. you'd have thought you're mental. Why are you jealous of, of Ipswich Town? But it's been such a roller coaster couple of years, and we're just enjoying it while it is. What is your favourite away day then, apart from Portman Road? Apart from Ipswich, favourite away day or away ground to visit? Well, both maybe. Because away day, there's one and one only, and it was Barnsley okay. at the back end of last season. Yeah, um, they were just below us. They were they were fourth in the table. It was the third to last game of the season on, a, on a Tuesday night. Big game, then. We had nearly yeah, six thousand yeah. fans behind the goal. Huge stand behind the goal. Unbelievable atmosphere. We beat them three nil, and it didn't mathematically get us up. But that was the night that you knew we knew absolutely. Um, and then, always that night yeah. and then a few days later we had Exeter at home and we beat them 6-0 to get promoted on our own on our own ground it was just a, an incredible week really um, and there were so many of those games towards the back end of last season that 
Barnsley game. There was Peterborough a few days earlier, which we also won 3-0. There was Derby. Sorry to any local Derby fans listening, but that was also another good one. Bolton comes off the page as well. There were some good ones towards the back end of last season. But in terms of away ground to visit, um, it's difficult because I've done Hillsborough a few, a few times and Hillsborough is such an iconic ground, but it's another one that feels like it's maybe falling apart a bit and needs a bit of needs a bit of help. Um, but it's an, it, it would be up there in terms of for, for how iconic it is as a stadium. That's the one that, yeah. that comes out to I me I'd like first. to go into Hillsborough as well. Yeah. yeah, just for that. Iconic, just, yeah. Speaking, yeah. speaking of away days, uh, we're now going to put you under the same pressure that a raucous home crowd would like to put you under and uh, get into the quiz. Here we go. It's switch down quiz, everyone. How many questions, Alfred? Pressure's on. Uh, five questions, as per oh. usual. I would like to get... F- no, five. Let's, not, let's not say four. Let's, yes. let's say yeah. five. Go for it, mate. He's going wild. I think you've got it, mate. And I haven't seen the question. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. What level of difficulty? Well, we'll find out. That's, that's the problem. I've gone around the houses with the f- f- two of them, right, so okay. don't feel like you need to get. Those, but it could happen. Okay. What is the connection between these three players? Oh wow! Danny Collins, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Mark Steen. I know it's a, it's a different. Very random. Answer. It is you very were, random. Sorry, I, I omitted a player that would make the connection very obvious in there. I'm. I, I've got an. I've and got I can a, give you the clue if you want. I've got to. an idea. Is it? I mean, I'm not certain, but I'm going to go. Are they all American? That is not true. I can add in the extra player. So the connection right. is who they've played for. I, I can't make it more than that. Thing is, I. I'm not. I'm really not sure on who okay. else they've played for. Um, Do you want the clue then? So Danny Collins, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Mark Steen. God, this is tense. So this is. I know. This <laughs> is tense. <laughs> I feel I need to add some like. Uh, my cause. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I've no idea either. Who they've played for? Okay, I'll give you the clue. John Walters. So this is an Ipswich Town quiz. So obviously the first bit is they have all played for Ipswich Town. Who <laughs> else have they all played for? The thing is, I only know some of the other clubs for two of those four. Okay, name name the one that you think it is because it probably will be. And I've got an idea, given that you're the host. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll try I'll try Stoke City. I wonder if I can. <laughs> well done, right, Stoke City. So uh, I went and thought this was interesting because so the ones in recent memory I was thinking of um, Harry Clark, yeah. who you nicked off us last season. Yeah. Well, he was he, did, on, he was only on loan. I know, but he decided to go down to League uh, One, so that's how bad the Atmos must have been at Stoke. To, that to he come thought. back to to come back to his boyhood club. Um, oh, fair enough. You know, to come fair back, enough. get get promoted. Bursant Selina and Jonathan yeah. Walters, they're the more recent ones. Yeah. Uh, but Danny Collins played for Ipswich on loan in 2011, made 16 appearances. He was on loan from Stoke City, uh, who he made 50 appearances for. Cameron Carter-Vickers, That's the one I was on, on loan at Ipswich in 2018. 
Uh, he made 17 appearances uh, for Ipswich, 12 for Stoke when he was on loan in 2019 to 20. Mark Steen was at Ipswich. He made seven appearances in 1997 on loan from Chelsea. And he was at Stoke for 105 appearances overall, at first on loan in 1991 from Oxford. Then he played for Stoke from 1991 to 1993. And then he was on loan again the season after from Chelsea when they brought him offers. Uh, but yeah, I thought... Before, there was, before my time, has there to was be said. There was a thought, right? I was thinking, do I go with Selena Clark Walters? But I thought you would get that immediately. I, I w- that would I, be yeah, too obvious. I, I would have got that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I should have added in... Maybe I should have said Selena Colin Steen, and then that would have been a bit easier. I'm not sure that would have helped me, I'll be uh, honest. To be honest, I forgot first that Selena played for his last season. He was utterly useless. He came in for six months and did nothing. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a fan favourite at Ipswich. He had uh, two loan spells, and then there was a long saga as to whether he'd have a third, etc. I mean, that, that ship's long sailed now. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, you don't need him. No. You don't need him because you've got these types of players. Who is the Tractor Boys' top scorer so far this season? So far this season, um, that's Connor Chaplin. It is Connor Chaplin. Uh, who's on nine. I was going to say, for an extra point, how many? Nine goals. Uh, he's on, I don't know if this is part of the quiz. This is just me showing off knowledge now, but he's on 49 for the club. Nice. Uh, so his next one will... Uh, he scores in the next I think something like 10 games or something he'll become the 8th fastest to 50 not bad is it Um, this is all part of my research for the game last night in case he scored Um, hence why it's fresh in the memory okay question 3 we're doing well we're doing well I think you know one question which I was purposely harsh on (laughs) the other one you've got it almost immediately and being able to show that you know (laughs) stuff about this team you definitely know stuff so Kieran McKenna is uh, as shining as possibly as the brightest star in British football manager at the moment but after playing for Enniskillen and Ballina Mallard in Ireland which is the only English club that he played for Uh, he played very briefly for Tottenham Yes, McKenna had to hang off his boots as a youth player (laughs) in 2009 after a hip injury. So he never actually played senior football. He played, I think, at under-19s and under-21s level for Northern Ireland as well. Uh, But yeah, never played uh, at the men's level. It's over in Northern Ireland. Okay, so you... I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm, I'm into it now. I'm feeling a bit better Two about Two questions left. One of them I think you will get. Okay. You sort of let on that you may know about this already. So to the nearest 100, what is the capacity of Portman Road? Now this is... Now it depends... You can give exact numbers if you want. Now I don't know the exact number, but it also depends on where you've got the data from because there's... I mean... The club website will have a number. I think the club website and Wikipedia, Wikipedia both will have the same number. married together. This isn't excuses, but the the real answer is that they're it's not hugely known because um, seats are constantly being. Turned. I'm going to stop complaining and <laughs> and giving excuses, and I'm going to make a guess. Um, it's twenty nine thousand, and then I think it, I think it's six hundred and something, but I think it's the high sixes. So I'll go twenty nine seven as my answer. So 29,700 as your answer. But I think it's in the 29... And, I, and you're saying you're rounding up from I think the it's in the 29 sixes, but I think it's the high sixes. Is that, that's correct. That's so correct. Uh, Can I take I, a guess on yeah, the I was number? about to say, I'm going to ask you now to please have a guess. 
Is it six seven three? That is <laughs> no. Bang on. That is correct. No. Bang, okay. Bang right. on. Correct. There we go. If sure you asked me, up. if you asked me that question about Stoke, I'd be around the house. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we filled in a corner like a few years ago, so I'm not exactly sure. Of it's, what, exactly, it's exactly what we've done. Uh, yeah. Which is why what the number? It is. used to be thirty, just over thirty, but it's now just under. Oh. Um, How bizarre. But yeah. Well, it's going well. One more question left. Um, this one again, I've, you know, this is me going around with it. I think you'll know it. Which former Ipswich Town manager was the first British player to win the European Cup with a non-British team and was the first British player to win the tournament since its rebranding to the Champions League? I know the answer. Mm, because it and, also applies. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I wish I'd didn't have to say his name yeah me too uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to it is it, it is Paul Lambert <laughs> it is Paul Lambert uh, not, Paul a, Lambert, not a good few years yeah was not man of the match years. and got the assist for the opening goal for, as Dortmund won Bush. 3-1 against Juventus 96 uh, 97 97 yeah. uh, Carl Heinz Riedler's brace from the 29th minute he scored two goals in five minutes <laughs> and Lars Ricken's second half goal saw the trophy lifted um, and denied Alessandro Del Piero's one goal for Juve um, Lambert know. managed Ipswich from 2018 to 2021 after his disastrous overseeing of Stoke City's relegation <laughs> at the end of the previous season. A really bad four years of Paul Lambert there, I've yeah, got to say. it wasn't great. Uh, yeah, maybe his crowning achievement shall remain the Champions League there. But yeah, you've, you've took, done took, well. Took us down and kept us down, um, to say the least. Anyway, well done. You did really well on that. Thank you. I was, Let's I, have some more applause. I think that was a, a good push on that I'm going to be honest, I was doing a bit of revision earlier uh, <laughs> this afternoon, but I was revising clearly the wrong stuff. Were you going more modern? Uh, no, I was just re. I was what I was doing. I was I, I was recapping the uh, the lineups from from cup finals of of oh, old. Okay, so, yeah. You know, I was I was preparing for a 1981 UEFA Cup final lineup, which I which I can nail. Oh, oh I thought uh, not. I thought not. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, right, I thought about doing questions like that, but then we did the starting 11 at the start. That's so. what I was, I was at home, ready to leave, and I, I thought, oh, I'm going to just have a quick look when you started doing your lineup. So um, that's what it came down to. We'll have to get you on again. To, um, yes, to challenge you, you yeah. on this. Happy to come on whenever. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. been good. We're, yeah, we're, we're loving not, you on You know, show another show. half an hour left. Yeah, come <laughs> on, we're... we're we're actually yeah under pressure to find stuff to talk about. We do have stuff, don't worry. We we don't We've just prepared. we don't Absolutely. just do this show um, preparation by the seat week. of the pants. We we do. Let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what we come up with in the heat of the moment. Listening to Phantom Radio. 
Live, Live from Kettleston Round. If you're two one up with ten minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Yeah. Welcome back to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. If you haven't got in touch, still want to know your favourite own goal, so follow us on our Twitter and Instagram accounts and let us know. We've still got twenty minutes with our very special guest, Callum Brissett, and now we're gonna talk about non-league and Jersey Bulls because you were in Jersey at the weekend just talk us through about that and why you support the club uh, well I I was born in Jersey um, grew up well I didn't really grow up there moved over to the UK when I was seven um, they didn't have a football club then I wasn't into football then actually um, when did you get into football when I moved to, to the UK I moved to Ipswich <laughs> so and then, when I moved to uni uh, uh, I was no, going to say that is a bold <laughs> bold no, no. move no, it was it, it was when I moved over. My dad took me to to uh, we moved to Ipswich, and Ipswich were were obviously the team. My dad took me to a game, and haven't really looked back since. Um, Why would you? But yeah, uh, Jersey Bulls they've they were formed in 2018. Been playing in the English league since 2019. Obviously, I don't get to many games, um, but I got back at the weekend uh, on Saturday, which was a did good, it win? Good to you know, it was a nil nil draw. Oh. Um, the game wasn't the best there was a, a controversial late red card to our goalkeeper there's probably a bit of wind as well wasn't which, there? it wasn't too bad actually it wasn't too bad on Saturday I think it started picking up on, on Sunday but uh, yeah it was wasn't impressed with the how decision how far do you think that club can go at the pyramid where are they in the pyramid yeah that's Roughly. probably actually good I, I wouldn't, if yeah. someone asked me this about Leak Town I'd be able to give a rough approximation so I'm not expecting an exact answer yeah. but whereabouts are they so they're step 5 at the moment um, they started in step uh, 6 got promoted over the course of the two curtailed Covid seasons and then it was that thing where you can apply mm. for promotion yeah, based on the previous two seasons and We'd won every game out of I think it was twenty eight wins out of twenty eight or something. So we were we were rightly promoted. Um, and then this is now our third season in step five. Been towards the top, but not not quite good enough recently. Looks like it's going to be something similar this season. I think we're third at the moment. Probably going to end up third or fourth. But there are playoffs now at that level. Um, so uh, there's always hope. The home form must be excellent, but the away form must maybe be a little bit different just because of all the travelling or is that not, not true not hugely actually because um, it's quite a commitment for it a is, it jersey is, it is a commitment yeah. um, and there's a lot of costs involved uh, as well because uh, they've got to fly to all the games obviously and the opposition have to fly in um, and you've got to pay for that I believe yeah got to pay yeah. for it all um, which is why they as in the club the club okay, yeah. 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 yeah not, not no, Callum no. Bruce <laughs> not me he's so <laughs> passionate about these games going ahead that you just maintenance your own alone I don't I don't I don't fund 25 return flights from Jersey to Gatwick every no? Saturday no oh, shot. Uh, what before um, you got paid for doing your <laughs> not quite that much <laughs> but um, but yeah uh, the home form and the away form isn't isn't too drastically different I don't know what it is maybe I mean it's the same group of players there's not there's, it's not a case of some players can only play at home most you know almost all of them travel to the away games that sort of thing and maybe opposition teams when they come to Jersey they see it as a weekend out weekend away and I they, would if maybe, I was a fan yeah they do yeah. but maybe the players up their game I, I don't know I'm it feels like a European tie. You got on a plane yeah. to go to this game. Yeah. That doesn't happen often at that level. Well, no, does absolutely. It? Occasion, yeah. yeah. Normally it's a twenty-minute coach journey, <laughs> but instead you've 
you've got you've got a flight to get and then make normally make the weekend of it that sort of thing um, so what what for you makes a a good non-league experience well it's funny you say that because when i was there on saturday i was doing a bit for the match day program uh, where i've done a piece talking about the match day experience and this was, is very apt. We didn't plan this. No, yeah. Um, we did plan it. Sorry, <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah, we totally planned it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things that goes into it, um, but mainly the people, um, to be honest. The, the volunteers that the club have are fantastic, from the guy that does the merchandise as a small club shop, that sort of thing, uh, selling scarves. I was going to say, programs. what's available to get? So you can get scarves, which I did buy on Saturday, yeah, one nice. of. What, um, what colours do jersey balls wear? Red and wear? white. The um, best colours, so as it, we it, know. So it matches the uh, the, the, the flag of, of jersey. Of course, sort of the, sense me. The island's yeah. colours, that sort of thing. It's not a big cross on the top. <laughs> no, well, the ki- the first kit that they ever wore was exactly that. It was, oh, a, it okay. was a white kit with a red a red sort of cross across the front to represent the, uh, to represent the flag. Um, it's not like that anymore, but uh, that was the first the first kit. But anyway, they sell they sell the shirts, um, they sell scarves, bobble hats. Paul Warner would be a fan, absolutely. If um, ever he's uh, wanting to take up management abroad, brackets uh, abroad. Abroad, yeah, it feels yeah. weird. It feels weird saying abroad, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, Hop on a plane. Yeah, so sounds good. Sounds good. No, what good. scran is available, if any? Uh, there is available I'll be honest I, I didn't get any at the weekend um, because at the same time as going over it was a case of seeing lots of family etc which I have of course. all over there and before the game I was meeting with uh, one of my cousins and we went for lunch so I'd already eaten by that stage um, but there's a cafe built in built inside the stadium the stadium's actually sort of this big sports complex that's the main sports hub on the island so there's a cafe that's open seven days a week, not just on a match day, um, that sell basically your standard stuff that you get, you know. For, so no, uh, no food ground. specific to Jersey? No, no, okay. there's nothing, you know, you... Is there anything different about Jersey to the UK? Not massively. No, it's perhaps, just... <laughs> perhaps a little bit more expensive um, okay. as, a, as a place. Um, but there's not a lot, not, not a lot of difference. Um I saw as well in terms of going abroad. You went to a Portugal match in Madeira did. last year, didn't you? Uh, it that. wasn't in Madeira. It was on main, oh, it was in mainland Portugal. I'd love Madeira to have gone to Madeira. I was in Madeira for some reason. <laughs> no, um, but no, that was that was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they played Luxembourg uh, in a qualifier. They won it nine nil. <laughs> Ooh, wow! Uh, which was their record ever win. So. Of, Not bad. But, but, you saw Ronaldo live, did you? Uh, I didn't. Because oh. uh, you're making all these claims, you're just turning out not to be claims. true. I'd have loved to we have seen. Did prepare for sure. We did. Prepare. I'd have loved to have seen him live. I'll be honest. However, three days before and the day before I flew out, uh, they played uh, another qualifier. He got himself booked, um, oh. which was uh, which was whatever it was to hit the threshold, which Dab- meant a one match oh. suspension, which meant he was suspended. The ticket sales for that oh. game for when I People went over. People bought those tickets, um, absolutely devastating. And you've come all the way from the UK. I had oh, um, still a fantastic, right. still, still, still a fanta- yeah. fantastic Won't few complain. days. You know, at least uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have saw, probably wouldn't have seen Gonzalo Ramos play. Wow, had that not happened. What he's, we all want to do. He's, isn't he's it? scored a couple of goals. Um, 
against the the mighty Luxembourg. Obviously, they're huge, improving. To be fair, huge European. No, they are. They they um they came. Did they, they came close to qualifying, or did they? Are they in a playoff or something? I'm not did. sure. This is all. They, they, were, they, they, got, were, they were. They were. They were at least very at close Ireland as well. That's yeah. right. embarrassing. <laughs> People have been getting in touch yeah. with the show. Oh, sorry to curtail. Uh, these are your favourite own goals. Christoph Kramer against uh, Borussia Dortmund in 2014, says Elliot Yates. Uh, I've just watched this back, and it is from quite a way away. Basically, he tries to pass it back to the keeper, Jan Sommer, who he thinks is on his goal line still, and he's not. He's on the edge of his box, so it just goes straight over his head and in. And uh, my brother Bailey's got in touch to say a Stoke version again but I mean once more I've you know drawn attention to Jonathan Walters at the start of the show for his double own goal penalty miss fiasco uh, but yeah Jack Butland away at aptly Leicester City in our relegation season uh, where I think Moyes put in a cr- no Albrighton put in a cross and Butland just threw it into the net it was at his near post a, a bad one I've got to say uh, but yeah Thanks for providing me with more misery there. But the Karma one is quite wild, and I suggest you seek it out. Not as bad. Once more, I forgot last week, speaking of Leicester and Stoke, uh, to put Robert Huth's amazing free kick on our X feed. I don't know whether you've seen this. Have you seen this free kick? I don't think I have. Oh, it's the worst free kick ever. <laughs> I, I shall find it in in a moment and we'll have some reaction. So feel free to carry on talking about non-league and I'll be away Googling to show you this because it is quite wild. You've seen Needham Market a few times as well? Yes, that's now where I... Season. Uh, they are. They're top of their Step 3 league, which, given the size of the place, is pretty pretty good going. Yeah. Um, but they've got a good setup down there. They're a well-established club for the level they're at which is step three um i don't get down there a huge amount but i do now live in needham market when i'm not at uni so i do keep my eye out for the results and um they're having a fantastic season um and who knows if i have discovered the video oh yeah we can see it here we go <laughs> <laughs> oh yes i do that remember. is um, a swipe and yeah, half. it goes yeah. right out to the corner what a wonderful free kick I think we could attempt I think I have done better to be fair right uh, when we were watching Derby County women at the weekend we've already mentioned the wind at one stage the ball was in the air and it was going forward and then it went backwards and then forwards again and then backwards again and then forwards again mid air so I, but I feel he didn't have that excuse. I yeah. think he just the absolutely shanked The funniest games it. are in the wind. They are. I yeah. Think. Well, yeah. well Asmir Begovic's goal, when that was all wind. The funniest game is when, when your team aren't involved and there's nothing on the line. Uh, yes. You know, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're attacking and the wind's going against you and it blows it miles away, you know, other people yeah. might find it funny, but... This is where non-league is it, great as well. It is, yeah. yeah. Not, not just non-league. May yeah. I introduce you to Oxford? Uh, I've been to a game I've been to a game at Oxford in stormy conditions and let me tell you it was difficult to get the ball in the net Well, before we filled the corner in that was basically all we were good for the wind was as I say that Asmir Begovic goal which I think at the time was the longest distance uh, goal ever scored against Southampton after what like 
30 seconds, something like that. Yeah. That was all wind. All wind. I think Begovic kicked it, and it probably should have gone about on the halfway line, but it just kept going over and in. So, yeah, wind, always an interesting one, to be fair. I, unpredictability, I think, is probably the best thing. Like you say, when your team isn't involved and there's no emotion. Absolutely. Other than that, I do love a bit of unpredictable football. Um, did we say footy scrap? I think we did, didn't we? We did, yeah. What do you go for if you go... So, say you went to Leicester. Did you have anything at the ground there or was there anything prepped for you in the press box? Uh, there was, but I, I didn't I didn't have a look so I didn't see what was on offer. Um, but if I, was at, if I was at a game in, say, the stands in the concourse... That sort of thing. Um, I'll normally traditionally go for something like a hot dog, some chips, that sort of thing. Well, if uh, you're at Leicester City, um, I found that the steak and ale pie that they have available is, oh, it's to die for. Yeah, Leicester City are, are, are known for, the, well, I don't know how well known, but maybe not quite that known, but they, they do a sausage roll. Oh, I've had that. Which is fairly expensive, it is um, expensive business. but apparently it's worth it. Um, Josh, who will be listening, as I mentioned earlier, he got one last night. He gave me his review because um, he was obviously at the game in the away end, enjoying the uh, celebrations uh, on my behalf. Um, he gave rave reviews of that sausage roll. I hope I'm quoting him correctly uh, from when he mentioned it last night. So it uh, sounds like that's that goes that's down a treat when, uh, when if you're at the King Power. Well, when I had the pie, it had a edible Leicester City badge on the top of the pastry, <laughs> yes. which I thought was just an extra Has added touch. Has that on the touch. sausage roll, I think, as well. Uh, if you go to Stoke, you've got to have an oat cake, but unfortunately not the ones that they serve in the ground. You've got to go to the boat cake which is a canal barge that has an oat cake uh, cooking surface within like a stone that they can cook them all on and it's amazing did, that's I, what you've got to do i did walk past that boat um on my way in when i was at the game at stoke a few weeks ago um the i thought boat it looked cake it's what a name i thought it looked very very nice it looked very popular there were mm. lots of people outside big queue yeah and this was a you know a couple of hours before kickoff i imagine if it was any close. 40 minutes before kickoff it would be heaving i would suspect indeed um, but yeah i didn't i didn't local get local delicacy then, but... that you've got to sample the question is always what do you have on your oat cakes if if you become a stoke player someone has to ask that question you know typical question question in the first press conference yeah. or manager what do you have on your oat cakes and the correct answer is uh you know sausage cheese and you know i don't know tomato sauce or hp sauce or whatever you prefer <laughs> Uh, sometimes wrong answers may include beans or some other variety of strange concoctions, but you have to try one if you go. Cheese is a must. Though. I do like my cheese. Do Ipswich have a Ipswichian delicacy? No. <laughs> Even a term. I'm not sure that. I'm not, I think you might have just made that word up. Um, I don't think I'm so. I'm confident I made that word not, up. To not that I'm aware of. Um, there's nothing hugely distinct about Suffolk and the surrounding area that I can that I can think of um, no I don't really have much to add <laughs> wow that, that was amazing thanks for that contribution there <laughs> hey you've been bringing bringing the insight all, all show we're coming up towards the end now time has flown by yeah. five minutes to five all these listeners who are 
and getting all this Ipswich town all nonsense. This Ipswich we'll be relieved town to hear knowledge. that. <laughs> hey, look, I've enjoyed talking about Ipswich town. Um, as much to just live vicariously through someone who is actually experiencing some success at the minute. I feel like that's a good enough excuse for me. Um, but yeah, it's been good. We enjoyed it. Been quizzed. Hundred percent. Done all right. Feeling a bit better about myself after the quiz. I certainly wasn't after the first question. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I absolutely no, no, low blow. It was I a want, low blow want, of the question. Want, want, I wanted think. a test. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed being yeah, on. Thanks. It's been for, great having you on. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. We'll have Keep you on me. again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, we're looking forward to more quizzing next week as well. We are. Uh, yeah. Do still tell us what your favourite own goals were, and I'll Love share it on the Instagram story. As Not I say, I've had a Leif few. Davis last night. Uh, no, um, that's your least favourite, isn't it, Carl? That's in 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 recent memory, recent being the last sort of twenty four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't want to remember. Yeah. To be fair, the Jonathan Walters thing, I put it out of my mind for quite a while, and occasionally it creeps back in. It, it just I just remember what a wild set of coincidences to happen all in one go and if I was him I'd just try and forget about that but I think every tweet he does he gets reminded about it uh, even if he's trying to give away some free football boots that we used in the Premier League people still poke still go <laughs> yeah I want those really beautiful limited edition white copper mundials but remember when you did this John <laughs> yeah I know it's a bit harsh uh, but that was the Phantom Radio Sports wow. Show everyone We'll see you again next week for more Scouting Bonding updates if he has one. Maybe he plays against Barry. He's registered himself as a player. Why not? Um, And yeah, we'll be asking you a few more questions. Uh, We're going to return to the question of what will your gladiator name be? Because last week's show was so all over this place, we completely forgot about that texting. So yeah, please do get in touch uh, at Sport on Phantom. That's on Twitter or X. And on Instagram at Phantom Sports Show. See you next week. He's running up that hill. Kate Bush to close us out. Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Road.